Welcome to Expert Gold Radio, which shows you how to leverage your leadership. Here's your host, Gahan Pereira, for this month's show. Welcome to Expert Gold Radio. This episode is about a topic that's really near to my heart. It's corporate training and development. And I say that because it's something that I do through conference speaking and workshops and mentoring. It's also something that organizations do value and spend a lot of money on it. But it's also something that could be done a whole lot better. And if we take advantage of what technology can do, we can raise the quality of corporate training and development. So let me tell you how it used to work. So the old way of training people was in a workshop or a course. So everybody downs tools, they go to the workshop, they all learn the same material, they get an assessment at the end, and then they walk out trained. Now, that kind of training might have worked at some time, and and I reckon even that's a little bit debatable, but it certainly doesn't work anymore. It certainly doesn't work as effectively as it could. Um, Here are some of the problems with it now. First, the content of your course might have been current when it was developed, but it might be out of date or irrelevant now, especially because things are moving so fast. So it's difficult for corporate training to stay in touch and to stay up to date. The next thing is that your courses are generally only scheduled at certain times when there are a certain amount of people available and perhaps when the trainer is available. So if there's only one person who needs to do a training course, they generally have to wait until there are more people available to make the training viable. And of course, that's just one example of the problem with resources because the timing of a typical training course is determined by the availability of those resources. So not only the attendees, but also the trainers, uh, the people's schedules, the budget constraints, uh, even trivial things like uh, whether a training room is available or not at certain times and dates. Another problem is that everybody in a training course tends to learn the same material at the same pace. And that usually means that the trainer has to cater to the needs of the least capable students in the class. And that means that other people get bored, they get distracted, they do other things, and they don't really get full value from the training. Another problem is that you don't necessarily get the best training in the world. Now, there's some excellent trainers and presenters available. But if you were to hypothetically say, who would be the best person in the world to deliver this material, chances are that they're not that they don't happen to be available and accessible to you. And the final problem with training, among many, is that it's just expensive. Putting people in a training course costs a lot of money, and in many cases, the real cost is not actually the cost of the course itself and paying a trainer, but it's the cost in lost productivity by people who are attending the course. So that's just a a small list of problems that uh, many training courses have. And and we haven't even talked about the missed opportunities. And especially in modern organizations in a fast-moving world, your teams are full of skilled and talented and motivated people who really want to learn and grow. They really do, but not by just being herded into a training room. And that's all they get. So, what else is available? Well, you might have heard the phrases e-learning or flipping the classroom or virtual learning. Me, I like the term blended learning. So you still deliver some material in a training room, but you also make it a much richer experience by adding some online training as well. So there are far better options available now than the traditional training course. And that's why I'm so pleased today to share some ideas from Phil Gott. Phil's a trainer and educator. He's based in the UK and he does a lot of work with organizations, particularly professional service firms and particularly law firms. And he still does a lot of that corporate training, but he's really embraced this idea of blended learning where you add online components as well. So let's join my conversation with Phil. Phil. 
Hello, this is Gihan Pereira. I'm speaking today with Phil Gott. Phil works with professional service firms and he helps them get the very best performance from their partners and their staff and from the whole practice. And he's based in the UK and his clients there, but also around the world, including Magic Circle Law Firms. And also he works with a variety of practices, um, small and large, niche and general. And I'm particularly interested in speaking with Phil today because he's recently formed firmacademy.com. And that's an online service that helps law firms set up um, pretty much low-cost learning academies and that combines live training with web-based training. And so it's a really big trend at the moment. So I'm really pleased to speak to Phil about Firm Academy, but also speak about the whole idea of blended learning. So welcome, Phil. Uh, thanks, Gian. It's great to be speaking with you. I know, and isn't it great? You said it's a, it's a dreary day in London and here it's a very hot, um, stifling hot 35 degree day in Perth. And yet we're talking um, across the internet, across the world. Oh, don't make me feel so jealous, please. <laughs> this is, I guess, one of the things that you can do with something like blended learning is that you can connect with people from all around the world. And that's one of the reasons I, I really want to speak with you today, Phil. But to get started, tell me a little bit about your background as a consultant and a trainer. Well, strangely, I started my life as a chartered accountant many, many years ago. And I, I was quite happily working as a chartered accountant. And then along came this stuff called marketing and business development. And it became OK for accountants and other professionals to do this sort of thing. And therefore, I was asked to set up a, a marketing and business development unit for one of the big accountancy firms. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And we did all the obvious things like brochures and advertising campaigns. But then it became painfully obvious that in a professional service firm, which to me is the ultimate people business, in that sort of organization, if you want to improve your marketing, your business development, your client care or anything else, it's really about people. So that's really what took me through into training and development. And, and having done that for a while, I realized that I enjoyed the training and development rather more than the marketing and considerably more than the accountancy. So I decided to move out and set up my own consultancy doing that sort of thing, which, which I love doing. It's interesting. You've done so much training and development with professional service firms, Phil, that I, you must have a really good idea of what people really want. And I'm just curious to know what are the most popular training topics that uh, the businesses are looking for at the moment? It's, it's rather strange in professional service firms because they've definitely made a transition. Some years ago, it was all about technical training and, and they invested quite heavily in that, but that was the most important part of it. And indeed, today that's still the case for many, particularly in US law firms. The emphasis is on for example, in law firms, the legal training, and, and that's what they push. But there's been a real step change there, and firms are recognizing that there is a need to improve the professional skills of people. And now, certainly around business development, there's a lot of demand for training and learning there, uh, presentation skills and communication, and increasingly now leadership and getting the best from people. And that's becoming a real big one that, that they realize that I've said it for many years, as many organizations have, our people are our most important asset. But actually, they're now realizing what what their asset is and that they can actually develop it. It's not just you've got somebody and that's the way they are and they can't change. Of course, they can change and, and they can only learn these these new skills. And it's interesting. I did hear you say that you said that professional service firms are the ultimate people business. So tell me a little bit more about that. 
Well, they are such rich organizations in terms of talent. The talent that you find in a, a top consultancy, a, a law firm, is just considerable. It really is. And, and these people are incredibly sharp. And of course, we, I mentioned professional service firms. I think people might just think they're law firms, accountancy firms. But increasingly, we're all in professional services. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that, 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 that we do. We offer our knowledge. We offer our advice. And it's all about the people rather than selling products. So for, for lawyers and accountants and other professionals, they are part of what they are selling and they need to come over extremely well to their clients. Mm, okay. And I know when you started training and development, Phil, I'm sure that most of it was done in the classroom or in some sort of training room. And I know you've moved now into this kind of blended blended learning, which combines online and um, in-person or face-to-face training. Um, what what do you see is uh, the shift that's happened and what are the biggest benefits of this idea of having blended learning rather than just getting everyone together in a classroom? Yes, I think there's, there's, we, we are really at the very start of that shift, Guyana. I really think there's a, an enormously long way to go with that. There's still a culture that learning is something that's done in the training room, which is clearly not the case. Most of the things that we learn, we, we, we do, we learn by actually doing it, by actually going out and doing the work and serving our clients and getting most of it right, hopefully, but making mistakes and learning from those. That's where most learning takes place. We learn from colleagues as well in, in, in observing them and questioning them and picking up little tips here and there. And we learn by going on training courses, but it's definitely not all about that. And I think if we recognize that, then we can say, well, if it's not just about the training room, how can we have an influence on the way that people learn more generally? And and we certainly can do that. For example, I was on a, a two-hour car journey yesterday, and I was listening to one of your radio shows, and I learned right. And it it was really, really interesting stuff. So we can learn in different ways and we can learn on the move. It doesn't have to be that we go on a training course. We can learn uh, through five minutes here of of listening to a podcast or watching a short video. And that's where I think things will go. We can put labels on it like blended learning, which might sound a little bit grand. But in fact, it's just about maximizing learning using the way that people are already working and fitting learning in where we can to their working day, rather than saying, you've got to take a day out to go on a training course. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? I guess that the way that we've always looked at learning in the traditional way is that you put people in a classroom and you give them that formal material because that's, that was the best way to do it. It was the only real practical, feasible way to do it. Not necessarily it was the best learning way, but it was the only way that you could balance the you know, the cost of doing it with actually delivering the material. But that just isn't the case anymore. And as you say, people are learning in so many different ways anyway. It's just that now we can tap into that when we want to provide some of the education that we want to give give our people. Yes, that's right. And I think that the there is still a there is still this culture culture that that it's about the training event and i think just a a year or so ago when i started firm academy i was thinking that no there's all these other things and they all, they've all got equal merit what i'm finding is that because there's such a strong culture around training is about learning is about going on a training course 
it, it's interesting and, and perhaps most beneficial to fit other things around that to say, yes, there is a, a training event here, but what can be done before that in preparing people for it and what can be done afterwards? And that then, I think, gets you using the training event for what that can best be used for, things that you can only do in a live room where you've, you've got somebody there facilitating it, using exercises, using simulations, uh, things that, that are, are actually helping people to learn new skills. But if it's just about delivering knowledge, then that can certainly done, be done online by watching videos, listening to, to podcasts, reading short blogs and, and things like that. So it's it's fitting other things around it. And then after a training event, making sure that people have got quick and easy access to things that will prompt them about it, giving them quick guides, giving them somewhere they can go to get a quick reminder. I'm just about to to do an appraisal with somebody. What's the, the, the quick bullet point reminder that I need? I'm just about to go into a business pitch. What do I need to, to remind myself of? So I think it, that's where the blend comes in, because if it's just a training course, well, it might be two years since they went on that training mm. course that's relevant to the thing that they're doing this afternoon. So how can we give them a quick reminder? So it's the before, the during and the after. And I think that's the way the blend can, can work really, really well. I think what you've just said there, Phil, addresses a lot of the objections that people have to the electronic part of that learning. Because, as you said, you, people say it's just a, if it's just a training course, then it may be it may be out of date, or the knowledge may be out of date. But equally, if it's just e-learning, I hear people saying, "Well, that'll never work because people aren't engaged. They'll never make the time to do it. They can't interact with the trainer, and they're going to be distracted uh, while they're doing the learning." But what you what you're suggesting is that that blend allows you to have the best of both worlds. Well, yes, it does. It, ha- it allows you to have the best of both worlds. And uh, the, 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 the objections that, that you just put forward there, which I think are very, very valid, but they're also valid for classroom type. type I agree. Learning. I totally agree. Uh, you know, you, you can get people into the room, but you can't necessarily make them be engaged unless the learning that you, you, you're delivering to them is, is actually engaging in itself. So, and I believe me, I'm well used to running live training sessions where people will come in and the first thing they do is put their Blackberry on the desk in front of them and it's there. And let me tell you, if the learning is not engaging, they'll reach straight for it and they'll start doing other Mm. things. So I I think the key is that we've got to make learning wherever it takes place. It's got to be engaging for people. We've got to grab their attention and we've probably got to keep it quite short as well. Yeah, and I think we've got very good at putting a, uh, showing a polite face when we've mentally gone somewhere else anyway in a training room. <laughs> so one of the other objections that uh, there is to traditional training is that nowadays, especially, it tends to be this one-size-fits-all training, like you get all your junior partners and you put them in a training program or you get your recent graduates, put them in a training program which may have been okay at one point, but it doesn't really cater to individual needs. And I think that and I'm hoping that you'll agree with me, Phil, that e-learning or this blended learning helps that issue and it helps them cater for individual needs as well as making sure that everyone gets to a certain basic level of education. 
yes, it, it certainly has the capacity, the potential to do that. There is still, and again, it comes back to this culture, there is still a, a bit of a culture of, oh, we need to sheep dip our, our people at this mm. level through all of this same sort of training so that they've all had it, whether they need it or, or not. And and I think we've we've got a little bit of a, a way to go in order to, to get away from that. But there's definitely an increased potential with different learning media to do that. And in fact, it's it's almost inexcusable to deliver a standard training course these days to people, a standard online learning experience to people. It should not be standard. It should be as as personalized and tailored as possible. And I think we've, the, the, the big thing, certainly in the last couple of years in, in learning circles, has been the, the MOOC, the mm. massive online course and 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 i think that the, the, the whilst I, I know that that did take off and you, you had learning taking place there for ten thousand people signing up for a, a training course uh, massive dropout rates there and i think the the whole idea of the massive element of it is not right it's got to be mass tailored for people you can use the content but it's got to be tailored and you deliver to people just what they need hopefully when they need it yeah and that is right isn't it that somebody who's paying to have this learning whether it's blended learning or training a training program in a classroom if they're paying you to come in and do deliver the training they want it to be tailored for their specific needs expect you to do the mm. needs analysis prepare the program and then follow up later Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, they do. And, and quite rightly so, too. Yeah, that's right. And actually, that leads me on to something else, Phil. So how do you measure then the effectiveness of the training, whether it's the in-person training or the blended learning? Do you actually try and separate those two or do you simply look at outcomes and look at progress and performance based on um, the overall outcome? Yes. Well, still in in training and learning still the old happy sheet is used so immediately asking people after after a learning event how was that for you and that's that's always useful to do and it's always useful to to see that sort of feedback but it's whether the it really should be about whether the learning that's taken place is achieving some sort of business outcome now when i first started getting into training i would get phone calls from from clients saying oh could you come in and, and do a training course for us i'd say yeah of course what are you looking for and they'd say oh, it doesn't really matter whatever you think we've just not had much training recently mm-hmm. now it was a crazy way to do it looking mm-hmm. back it really was whereas now it's much more likely to be look we've got this business need we need to improve our people's ability to do x how can we do that and can training in some way help? And sometimes the answer is, well, yes, training may be a part of that, but there's other things that you need to do as well. Now, the, the real measure of success then becomes what were people doing before in, in terms of X and what are they doing after the event? And have you actually shifted the, mm. the, the way they're doing that, which might be around, are, are they winning more work? What's the hit rate on business pitches that, they, that, that they're doing? So it comes down to the business objective, really. Let me pick up something you just said there, Phil, because you said that someone might want you to come in and do some training, and you said training might be one way or one part of it, but there might be other things as well. What sort of other things do you have in mind? Well, I think sometimes there's there's a little bit too much expectation that training can be the solution to mm-hmm. things, and 
often I'm, I'm asked to speak to a group of people and give them some training because they're not very good in the way that they deal with clients, for example. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, fine. What have you told them about this? Have you, have you given them some, some feedback? On, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we didn't want to do that. So giving people feedback is really important. You know, just packing people into a training room and hoping that they'll pick up some tips is, is not going to work if they haven't had the feedback about what's required. So it may be as simple as, as just a message from the organization saying, look, this is really, really important for us. This is the way that we think generally we're falling down. This is the way that you as individuals are not coming up to expectations on this. Here's some learning to help you to achieve that. So there's there's that side of it. There may be a need to give people feedback about their own performance on things, performance dashboard or giving them access to KPIs which help them to look at their performance and and give them a way to monitor and measure how they're actually doing. And actually, sometimes that can be sufficient in itself. They don't need the learning. It's just that they need to be able to monitor their own performance. I think it's ironic, Phil, that you're saying the clients come to you and they want training for their people, but actually it's they that need the training themselves. <laughs> how often that, that happens that you realize that one of the big issues is the person sitting across the table from you who's actually asking for this this training yes exactly right and actually coming back to the business point that that idea that everyone's busy is one of the objections that people often have about the the electronic part of the blended learning isn't it that they feel that if you're there in the training room at least you're there you've downed tools for the day you're going to do your training but they, but managers and leaders fear that when they leave the training room, the participants, even if they get stuff emailed to them or they they have these various touch points, so they're just going to be too busy to do the to do the electronic component. So how do you handle that? Well, that's exactly right, and I think it's expecting or hoping that people will sit down in front of a screen and spend three hours doing some sort of online learning. It's just not going to happen. But one of the great things about online learning is that you can do it in small snatches 10 minutes here 15 minutes there five minutes here whilst you're 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 on your your journey home on the train you you know it, it can be fitted in around other things 10 minutes whilst you're you're waiting for a meeting to start all of these things can be used as learning experiences mm-hmm. and and I, I just just also we, we're talking about e-learning here and i want to just get away from the idea that e-learning it's got a bad name for itself, unfortunately, mm, because as soon as you mention e-learning to, to some people, they're thinking, right, we read something on screen, we click the next button, it's onto another screen of something that you read or some silly questions. And, you know, that, that I think is pretty unsophisticated. Or what, what some people have done is, well, let's brighten up this rather dull thing. So we'll have it all narrated by a wizard. Or a talking frog. You know, none of my clients want to learn from a talking frog. They're not just not going to do that sort that's of thing. Right. So when we're talking about being engaging, that's that's not the way to do it. But I I was watching last week for the umpteenth time a video on TED by Benjamin Zander. You've probably watched it yes, yourself. Yes, talking. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I. I challenge anybody to watch that and not be engaged by it. It's inspiring. Mm. And, and it, there's such a vast array of material out there that's, that, that can be used for, for, for learning. And it is extremely engaging. 
And I think that's one of the great advantages of, of the, the technology we've got these days is that you can put people in touch with that sort of experience so that they're not just learning from a trainer in the training room who's, who's quoting what somebody like Benjamin Zander has said. But in fact, they, they are there being immediately engaged by somebody who is an inspiring speaker. Yeah, look, that's really good, isn't it? Because you can then tap into and bring in resources from everywhere and they don't have to be just what the trainer can present or what the trainer can quote. Is that the sort of thing that you provide in Firm Academy, Phil? Do you provide those sort it of is, resources as part of the training? It, it is exactly that. It is exactly that because what, what we're doing with, with Firm Academy is curating that sort of resource that's that's readily available so we link to things like a lot of ted talks uh, which are incredibly useful from a learning point of view there's very good things on harvard business review there's a lot of there's a lot of really really good stuff on youtube unfortunately it's it's hidden amongst the massive stuff about people's children and cats and just about everything else but it's there and they're real gems when you find them so what we're doing with firm academy is is rooting out some really really good material and curating it in a way that makes it available to people it's tailored to their needs so somebody logs on to firm academy it recognizes who they are and it serves up to them some really interesting learning stuff that's directly relevant to to their needs so tell me a little bit more about that. Let's let's take a case study, Phil, and you can choose how much you wish to disclose about the client. Um, but a client is a firm that you've worked with who uses Firm Academy. Can you give me an example of what they're using it for and, and what sort of learning materials they get, um, both you know in the in person and online? Yes, certainly. There's a there's a couple of different ways of using it. Actually, in one organization, a, a, a law firm that I was actually there yesterday doing some live training as part of a what we're doing there is putting 12 of their senior associates and junior partners through a program, which is, is really getting them to, to look at things in a, a very business-like way. And it's over a nine-month period. And every two months, I go down there and they have a live seminar. Every other month, they do a, a one-hour online for firm, from Firm Academy. And also on Firm Academy, they've got lots of other resources available to them, quick things that they can download. There's constant updates going through and they're, they're pinged about these. Watch this, look at this, this is available to you. So it's, it's an ongoing program there, which is supported by Firm Academy. And the, the firm is just using, in, in that sense, it's using Firm Academy for those 12 people. Mm -hmm. In another organization, they are using Firm Academy for all of their learning and development. And Firm Academy there, they've got a microsite which is branded for them. It's named as their academy. So it looks like and is their own virtual online academy. But we're then constantly replenishing the, the content on soft skills. They can add their own content on other technical subjects. They can edit it to make sure that it's it's relevant to their own needs. So they're the two different ways. One is just, just use it as a support to other training. And I, I always do whenever I'm doing some, some training, I always offer them Firm Academy as this blend of learning, but also using your own virtual academy which is very easy to do and not expensive at all for firms to to these days have their own online academy 
See, that's interesting because as you described it, it, it's just occurred to me that what you're doing is you're providing not just a generic Film Academy website that everyone logs into and gets access to the same resources, but it seems like something that if you've got a firm with their own L&D people or their own HR people, they can work with you and Firm Academy to create something that's specifically customized for their needs and you provide all the infrastructure and the resources, but they can then go in and customize it even further. Yes, exactly right. That's exactly right. And and that, I think, is a great start point for them. And, and then they can add to that material that's already there and, and make it their own academy. That's that's the way it should mm. be used. Yeah. OK, great. So let's look, if you're putting this into practice and there's a leader or a manager who's interested in, let's say it's not necessarily Firm Academy, but they're interested in the idea of blended learning. How do they get started with it? So first of all, how do you decide whether it's right for you and your team and your practice? Well, are there any criteria that some people should definitely do it, some people definitely should not because they're not ready, or they? Well, what do you recommend? Well, I I think if there's there's a couple of ways of looking at, 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 at this. I think Kihan. One is that if you've got a business objective, start with business objective. What are we trying to achieve here? And then question back from that is, do people need to learn new things, new skills, new knowledge, new new behaviors? And, and then what's the best way of delivering this in the most convenient way to them? And that may well lead you to say, look, the, the best way to do this is just let's get people in a training room and, and deliver the training. Mm-hmm. But very often you'll come to the conclusion there, actually, we, we could do a short video about this. We, and that, that's particularly if you've got an organization with multi offices spread around the world, getting them all into a, a training room is, is just not going to work. So it leads you in that direction of, of doing things like videos and so on. You don't have to go the firm academy route. You can just do, do the videos. So that I think is a way to, to start. We've got a business need. What do we have to help us achieve that? But also if, if, in professional service firms, for example, I said that they're, they're the ultimate people business, they are constantly having to learn. So it's not just a one-off mm. business need that they've got. It's an ongoing need to, to really keep people at the top of their game. And whilst we're at the early days of effective online learning at the moment, I think if we look a few years ahead, the, the whole notion that learning is just something that happens in the training room will just seem so archaic. It really will. So things are going to change. So then it becomes a question of, well, how do we get from where we are now to where we know we will be in a few years from now? And and that I think will lead you to say, well, look, we've just got to we've just got to make this shift. There's loads and loads of benefits in terms of convenience and cost and the quality if it's done in the right way is is yeah, vastly improved by doing blended learning in the right way. So how can we do that in 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 the right way? And let's look for the the various ways of of doing that and and, and really accelerate that process. Hmm. So, so if you decide to go ahead with it, Phil, is this something? Can you do it yourself, or is it you know that old saying about lawyers, a, a man who represents himself has a full for uh-huh. client? Um, is is it like that with blended learning, or is it something that you can do if you've got an L and D team, an HR team, an IT team, I guess, or should you partner with someone? I, I think it depends on on the the way those organisations like to do things. I, I I'm thinking of one of the 
biggest international law firms that I do some work for, and I've talked to them about Firm Academy, and they like Firm Academy, but they say, no, we do things in our own way. We've got a they've got a, an L&D team that runs into the hundreds of people. So they've got the facility, they've got the resource to to do that themselves. And that's absolutely fine. And I understand that. And and they, they ask for advice from me, and I'm very happy to to help them with that. Whereas if you're looking at a smaller firm where they just do not have that that learning resource that's i think where looking externally for it can be the best way because if you, you attempt to do all of this yourself for one thing you're, you you're starting from zero with it but also it's going to be incredibly costly well why not learn from somebody who's already doing it or use a facility that's already there to do it and it's, it's that's often the well, yeah, always the cheapest way to do it. So let's say you decide to use a blended learning program, Phil, uh, and you decide to partner with someone. Uh, what are the things you should look for when choosing someone you know, like Firm Academy? What are the sort of criteria you should be looking at? I think it's got to it's got to be right for your organisation. So the, it, it's a question of looking at what's available and whether it fits in the culture of your organisation. And there are some e-learning platforms out there and learning management systems that have content in them which would not sit comfortably with professional service firms it's it, it is the talking frog or it is the click here for the next screen thing and that may be fine for certain types of learning and in certain industries or, or organizations but but certainly not in professional services so it's about finding the right platform that will serve your organization well be wary i think of there are some platforms out there for this which are a little bit a little bit like swiss army knives they they aim to do everything they they, they help you to create the content to deliver the content to bring in powerpoint slides which and powerpoint slides have no place really in, in engaging learning of this sort so I think be wary of the, the one size fits everything sort of thing, which mm. tends to be doing particularly well and, and start in a small way. Take, take some, some baby footsteps towards it, involve your people and, and, and get their feedback on it and see what, and, and let them design it, let them demand what they want from mm. it. And that's the really the way, because there's no point launching and rolling out some, great new whizzy online learning tool if people are, are going to look at it and say uh -uh, you're never going to use that so it's about baby steps and and learning and and letting it evolve really okay and what gets in the way you've just mentioned one thing which is that people will look at it and be turned off by it but what other sort of resistance do you get uh, either from the people who are doing it or from you know partners and principals or from L&D or HR well Typically, what do you find are the objections that somebody has to overcome to get this used in their practice? It's it's something that you touched on earlier, which is actually getting people to engage with it. And uh, it's not so much resistance from the learners as apathy. Mm. And in, from in learning circles, as you know, we, we talk about learner centered, that it should be the learner who's in, in, in charge of their own development. And in some ways in the, in the training field, we've, we've been our own worst enemy there because we've 
taken that away from people. We, we've done training to them. We've, we've taken control of their learning and we've got to reverse that shift really and get them to realize and become empowered by the idea that learning is something that's there for them. It will help them to become successful and, and we've got to overcome that apathy and just leaving it to somebody else. And that means that, that where, for, for one thing, the learning that, that, that you first give to them has to be really engaging so that they want more of it. And also getting them to realize that they are in the driving seat. Yeah. That it's not being foisted upon them. They don't have to do this. It's there as a, a facility and a resource that they're being invested in. And they'll almost be foolish not to take it up. So those sorts of things and, and also working with the way people already work. So if if we're just expecting people to think, oh, I must go to this learning resource and, and, and use it, that may not take place initially. We've got to keep prompting people and we can do that through newsletter updates and within firm academy for example we, we we send tailored newsletters to people and i say tailored newsletters once a month they receive a newsletter that says hey in your three learning priorities that you've identified here's some new material that's just been added to firm academy why don't you go and have a look at it so dropping things into into people's email boxes in that way just prompts them to go and have a look at something that can be interesting and engaging for them. And I think after a while, that will become a, a better habit for them. Great, great. I think we covered a lot, Phil. We've covered a lot about blended learning, e-learning, the whole idea of learning being something that you do every day. And I really appreciate your time. And before we before we wrap up, let's let's talk about you and Firm Academy. And, and I know there'll be people who want to know about both of them. So let's start with Firm Academy. So if you're somebody in an organization, particularly a professional service firm, who's interested in Firm Academy, who but who should be the person who approaches you? And then how do they how do they get in touch? Well, they can get in touch with me by email or give me a call or go to the website, firmacademy.com, where there are contact details and just get in touch and let's, let's have a chat about it and, and think about whether it's, it's going to be right for them and how they can try it out. I, I got a call just last week from a firm who, who wants to go ahead with a, a branded firm academy site. It's two years since that firm first contacted me about firm academy mm. two years since and it's taken all this time for them to actually take the take the plunge and take the step uh, so it, it, it's just a, that that step-by-step process get in touch let's have a chat about it and let's let's talk about whether it's going to be right for you i should also say that that firm academy is developing as well it's early days i'm sure it will be very different in a couple of years from now because we're evolving and learning from it so i want to talk to people and ask them what they're looking for because we can build new features into it and we can make it do what what firms want it to do get in touch yeah, and I've had a look around the Firm Academy site, Phil, and already, even though you say it's early days, there's a lot on there already. So that's great. So that's firmacademy.com. What about you? What else do you do? And how do people get in touch with you for your, some of your other services? Well, the other things that I do, obviously, I, I do classroom type training on, on soft skill professional 
subjects. And I, I, I have to say, I do enjoy standing up in front of a group of people. It's it's <laughs> something that I think all trainers get a bit of a buzz from. So I know, me I, too. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and I hope there's always the, the, the place for live training of that sort. So I do that sort of thing, but I also advert advice firms on other people and performance things. Mm-hmm. So around performance management and appraisals and really helping them get feedback. So we, we also run 360 degree feedback for people and make sure that that's used in a constructive way. So I, I think some of those other things around the edges that can really help people to learn and perform. And again, I really welcome it when people get in touch just to have a chat, just to bounce some ideas around. And the, the best way is to really email me or go and have a look on my website, which is philgott.com. And there, there's, there's some material on there and my blog. And, and people, please, please just get in touch. Yeah, great. So that's philgott, P-H-I-L-G-O-T-T dot com, which is great. And I've been there as well and seen some of the other services that you offer, Phil. Thanks so much for your time. Any any parting words, any last message that you'd like to leave? Yes, a last message that I'd like to leave, Gihan, is how much I enjoy the, the work that you do. And you impress me enormously in your energy and commitment to constantly coming up with new material and giving ideas to people and it, it really is invaluable and I really encourage people to sign up to your your email your 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 learning vault which is incredibly good your your radio show there's some fantastic resources that you're, that you're putting together and I encourage everybody to make use of them as I do thanks so much Phil that's really generous of you I really appreciate it okay yeah nice to talk to you as ever thanks a lot bye for now bye. Okay, so heaps of great stuff there. I really hope you found something valuable. I know Phil would welcome your comments, questions and feedback, so please do contact him. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something that you can take away and use in your personal and your professional life. If you'd like to engage with me in other ways, here are some other things that you can do. You can engage me as a speaker for your next conference and you can find out more at gihanspeaks.com. You can subscribe to my email newsletter, which is also called Expert Gold, at gihanperera.com. And while you're there, read and subscribe to my blog as well. And also sign up to my free webinar series. They'll help you with your personal and professional life, especially in how the Internet has changed the way that the world works. You can also go to my video channel at gihanperera.tv and watch my regular educational videos. Or you can join my membership site, the eGurus community, at eGurus.info. And bye for now. You've been listening to Expert Gold Radio. If you'd like to subscribe, read the show notes, or leave your comments, visit expertgoldradio.com. And remember, great minds don't think alike.